Ladies and gentlemen, hello, and welcome to another exciting Hardly Millennial podcast where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen, that is correct. Now, that voice you heard across from me is my good friend, Kyle. Ooh, what a shocker. <laughs> You've heard us talk to about him plenty of times. He's been, he's been a great supporter of Hardly Millennial. He's listened to every episode since its uh, creation. I think you've commented on most of our videos. Most of them, most of them. And, you know, it's gotten us to the point to where we, you know, have mentioned you quite a few times. Yes. We've asked you questions and you've responded <laughs> through the yeah. comments. You guys are fun to listen to. So before we get started here, guys... Uh, I just want to lay... Oh, by the way, I'm Adam, if you don't know my voice already. You know, I didn't. I, I didn't know your voice. Well, by the way, guys, I'm Adam. Okay. <laughs> nice to meet you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> so, before we get started, uh, some of you who are listening to this may notice that there's a bit of an echo in the room. Indeed. Uh, the reason why this is, is because we, uh, we, at my house, we have some guests over right now. So it's, it's a bit of a louder place, and I just felt that it would be better to maybe mobilize the podcast tonight. And Kyle and his family have been very accommodating yes, we have. for me tonight and allowing me to come over. So we're in, we're in a very small room in his new and beautiful home. Oh, well, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> and so there's obviously, you know, uh, Kyle's wasn't ready to do podcasts at his home. So there's no foam up or anything. I did warn him. <laughs> but, you know, we did tests and it doesn't sound too terribly bad. No. But if you, if you guys hear an echo, uh, that is that you is know. why. You hear it. Um, so Kyle and I have been good friends for a very long time. Yes. I was I was in Kyle's wedding. Uh, I think I was there the first night you got drunk. Oh yes, that's, that's a story. <laughs> so uh, we've so uh, for today's subject, you know, it's really just going to be two two good friends who haven't seen each other in a while, having a conversation, maybe reminiscing back to <laughs> to the old the golden days, right? Yes. And we're just gonna we're just gonna see where the conversation goes. Why, why don't you kick us off, Kyle? Yeah, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go back. Let's, let, <laughs> let us start by going back okay, to, okay. to uh, junior high school. Junior high. So I was in eighth grade. I believe you were in ninth grade. I was in ninth right. grade at the time. So and it, we met in uh, uh, art class, right? Art class yes. with uh, we had a. T I think it's okay to say her name. Okay. She's uh, we had a teacher named Mrs. Revis who unfortunately passed away. I think like five six years ago yes. now. And but so just just really quick, we just want to say she's she was a great woman, Fantastic great teacher. We our teacher. We loved her very much. Very but, much. But Kyle and I met in that class, and I remember. So we sat next to each other. Yes. And I remember one day, we somehow got on the subject of there was well. Let me first start by saying this so back in the early 2000s ladies and gentlemen there was a trilogy of games known as <laughs> dragon ball z badukai mm -hmm. and my brother and i played all three of those games religiously we played the first one religiously the second one and then when the third one came out you bet your ass you're we playing that thing religiously oh, fantastic three was definitely the best three of the was definitely the best one and Kyle, 
Uh, I was talking about it during this art class one day, and Kyle was telling me that he also is a big fan of Dragon Ball Z, also played the Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3 game religiously. Mm-hmm. And so a little argument ensued <laughs> because I was trying to tell Kyle that I would uh, beat him, no questions asked. He, he did think that. Uh, I'll give him credit. He thought he would wipe the floor with me, but... Uh... Neither it did not go that way for the either of us. No, expected. so here's what happened, guys. So this was this was how Kyle's and I our friendship kind of like came to be. Yes. So we had this argument during art class one day, and it got so heated. Where I think it was a Friday, mm-hmm. so I was able to call my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I need to go spend the night at my friend Kyle's house." Yes, and I believe I had checked with my yeah. mother, and I was just like, "I have this friend Adam. He wants to come over. We got to play some games." She's like, "Oh, of course, it's the weekend. Yeah, by by all means, bring him over." Yeah, so I rode the bus home with you that day. Yes, and, and mind you, Kyle and I have never like hung out at this point. We just no, had our class. This together. was the very first time. Yeah. Yes. So I went over to his house, and of course, you know, he showed me around. We hung out a little bit, and then we got to the point where I was like, okay, it was time to play Dragon Ball Z Badukai 3. Yeah, it's, it's time to put the gloves on and get down to business. And get down to business. And you guys, it was one of the most intense matches. Oh, yeah. It was going back and forth for quite some time. And how did it end, Kyle? <sighs> Mind you, I had probably put, what, uh... 50 some hours into this game mm-hmm. never once have i seen this happen <laughs> never once but yes we we both get each other very low on health mm-hmm. and then we both found out that day that it was a possibility to get a double knockout <laughs> and that is exactly what happened i could not believe it i was like i have played this game i have unlocked every character i have gotten every item i have gotten every easter egg i have never seen a double ko yep and I came over, and that's how we, and that's how we knew we both were full of bullshit either. <laughs> yes, because we were both talking such a big game. Oh, the smack talk was real. And the second the game started, I think we were both like, "Oh, this is serious. <laughs> this is like, like Kyle has played this game yes, just as and, much as uh, I have." So yeah, I was a little bit used to other friends talking smack and saying, "Oh, I'm so good," and then beating them. Yeah. And then no, Adam came over and proved to me that that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. That sometimes when people talk smack about Dragon Ball Z, yeah, they ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> they really aren't though. And so what's funny about that was because I think that not only was the first time, but I think that was actually one of the only times I actually hung out with you outside of school. Yeah, I think so too. At, le- at least in junior high at that yeah. point. Because you were because you were in ninth grade, I was in eighth grade. Yep. And, and then I went off to high school yeah. the following year because of course our school was seventh to ninth grade. I was just I was just gonna say for those out there who may like Junior high is not very common. A lot of people have middle school and yeah. then high school. Because high school is traditionally the years nine through twelve. Yes, but but the district that we went to, because it was it's built up now, they do it differently now. They, but yes. but when we were going to school it was uh, where we lived in the Valley of Phoenix, it was still relatively a small town. Yes. So they had to group grades together. So our elementary schools were kindergarten through sixth grade. Yep. And then our junior highs were seventh through ninth grade. Yes, yeah, so you would spend your freshman year of high school in junior high. Yeah, and then high schools just did the three years. Yeah, just you know? 10th through 12th, and then you graduated. Yeah, so uh, so Kyle, after ninth grade, you know, went on to his high school, and I was obviously still in the junior high school. 
And so, and we, we just naturally just lost touch, you know, yeah. you know, this was kind of just in the beginning stages of things like MySpace and stuff like that too. Yeah. So it nobody, hadn't really gotten big yet. Yeah. Not There's every, no real way to stay connected unless you had each other's like phone, like house, house landline number, yeah. number. And you had to make sure to ask the parent if they were home. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. This was very early before we all had cell phones too. Oh yeah. You know? No, I didn't have one yet. And so I, so the next, so for about the year of ninth grade, you know, I, I wasn't really talking to Kyle at all. And then it wasn't until I left my junior high and I ended up going to the same high school as Kyle was going to at that time. I ended up going to a different high school the last two years, but the first, my sophomore year though was at your high school. Yes. And... I remember, I remember seeing you around, and I think we were kind of like on a nod to each other. Basis. Yeah, if we saw but, each other in the halls and everything. Yeah, but it was never like you know, I wasn't. You know, neither one of us were hitting up each other to hang out. No, or yeah. And then I took a class called uh, stagecraft to learn how to do the behind the scenes things in theater and stuff yes. like that. And Vince, who you guys met, was in that class, and that's how I met Vince. Mm-hmm. And I remember it actually wasn't until, because sophomore year, we actually didn't talk a lot either. No, we didn't. And it actually wasn't until my junior of high school, I went to a different high school and Vince called me up. Vince and I were still in contact, called me up and told me like, hey, we're, I'm having a house party, you know, come over, we'll have a good time, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it was the, I think it was actually the second house party I've been to at Vince's. I don't think you were at. No, I don't think I was at the first one. Yeah, because I was just kind of getting to know Vince through a class we had together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We uh, we had an agriculture class that we <laughs> both hated. Well, <laughs> it was a science credit. Oh, I got it. So we, we had to take it as part of, you know, graduating. Right. So, yeah, no, we both hated this class. So, yeah, we just had a bunch of fun hanging out in this class just, you know, trashing the fact that we had to be in this class <laughs> right <laughs> so that's how i got to know vince right and uh oh there's there's plenty of stories where that is too but i think we'll uh wait until <laughs> until another day until another maybe day. one day when we have you and vince on yeah together. maybe when we can have everybody yeah oh it'll be a hardly millennial party yes it will <laughs> but we uh so we had this party or vince had this party and i went to it and vince kept saying throughout the party that his friend kyle was coming over and we were going to get him drunk for the first time now i did not in a million years even no. suspect that the same kyle he was talking about was you mm-hmm. And so I remember being at the party and the party was like already, I was already there for a few hours drinking and stuff. And then he was like, oh, my friend Kyle's here. I think I was finishing up a cigarette. And then I went inside and saw you. And I was like, you're Kyle, you're the Kyle? We're getting drunk tonight? Mind you, Vince was also telling me he has a whole bunch of friends over. Mm -hmm. He was naming off some names that I knew from class at uh, our high school. And then he also said this guy, Adam, was going to be there. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. I don't know if I've met this Adam person. Right. So, yes, I open the door. Uh, Vince opens the door. Yeah. He, he lets <laughs> me in. And there is Vince and there is Adam. And I go, holy shit. <laughs> you're the Adam? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you're the Kyle? And, oh, my gosh, it was a great night. So we oh, got... Yeah. I got to be there and get you drunk for the first time. And, and uh, let's let's also say this too: we do not condone underage drinking. No, of course 
course not. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll are bad kids. Don't oh, do any of those terrible, things. Terrible, terrible. Terrible things. I didn't have the, some of the best times in my life with those three things. That's okay. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Just, you know, play Monopoly with your family mm, for yes. fun. Keep, keep it safe. Uh, keep it, you know, very... Uh, PG. PG. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Go out there and get drunk, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, it was, uh, I thought that was the, the craziest thing. And oh, it was. I remember at one point, I think we lost you that night at one point. Oh, you know, like, I'm sure. You it went like crazy. for a walk or something and we were like, okay, well, he can't just go for a walk. He's drunk. Right. Well, I think I was also using the... Uh, disguise of uh, our friend dislocating his arm was that that same night i think so oh my gosh that fucking asshole <laughs> so i didn't know that was the same night. oh it was, was the same night. night yes okay so let me let me tell you this story ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so one of my favorite mixed drinks. I think I've upgraded now, but oh. especially growing up, one of my favorite, my, not one of my, it was my favorite mixed drink, were screwdrivers. Oh, yeah, and you mastered the Ooh. art of the screwdriver. Fuck yeah, I could put so much vodka in there. For those who don't know, it's orange juice and vodka. I could yes. put so much vodka in this orange juice, guys, but I, I just knew the right amounts to where you wouldn't even fucking know. No, you, you wouldn't. Think, you thinking you were drinking a fucking cup of orange juice and Kyle, and then, Kyle can vouch for me yes, right I thought I was drinking orange juice and then everything started getting really funny and the room <laughs> was getting a little spinny so we had <laughs> there was this gentleman at this party and one thing I was doing is you know you were you know we're smoking or you were drinking so that means we're also smoking a lot of cigarettes you know at least like people like Vince and I were and a few other people mm-hmm. and so I would constantly be going out on the porch with my drink and I would you know be having a cigarette and drinking and then a lot of the times I just left my drink out there and just yes. came inside and then when I knew I'd be going out for another cigarette I have my drink out there and the this thing kept happening to me where you know obviously i'm a little drunk at this point and (laughs) i keep going outside for a cigarette and my drink's not there (laughs) and i'm like what the fuck like what like and a lot of the time a couple of the times i would find a cup there but the cup would be empty but i have no recollection of drinking this nor did i feel drunk enough to have had like finished all these cups of screwdrivers so I constantly kept going back inside, making myself a new cup, and then I'd go back outside and do this. And this kept fucking happening. Yes. So, <laughs> cut to a couple hours later in the night. And oh, well, all you're exclaiming, too, of who is throwing away my well, screwdriver? I, I didn't even think anybody was throwing away anything. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> I was I was totally under the impression that I was doing this <laughs> and that I was just, like, not remembering or I was just too drunk, whatever the fuck it was, you know? Yeah. So I was just like, but, I, of course, I'm bringing it up a couple times where I'm like, is anybody, like, drinking my alcohol? And, of course, everybody's no, like, no, no, of no. course not, Adam. Nobody. So, cut to a cup. I believe even our uh, one sober friend was, was there. Like, oh, no, Adam. Uh, you've been tossing them over the wall. Okay, no, 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 no. That didn't happen at first. <laughs> that did not happen at first. So, let's... I'm getting to that, though. Okay, okay. So, okay. two hours later into the night, 
after this is happening, we're all inside and girl playing Guitar Hero. There's a fucking age setter for oh, you right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll let you know. <laughs> so we're all playing Guitar Hero. And there's this guy at this party, a friend of Vince's and yours, I believe. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he comes walking in from the backyard. And his fucking shoulder... Is hanging down. It's about four to five inches lower than it should be. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and he comes inside, drunk off his ass, and he goes, Does anybody know how to put back a dislocated shoulder? <laughs> and, and we I... all just fucking turn and just start laughing our ass off. Now, let me explain to you <laughs> how this gentleman dislocated his shoulder. So he had been going outside for a cigarette also, much more drunk than I was. Mm-hmm. And he would see my drink sitting there and he would fucking take my drink and he would fucking throw it over his shoulder across <laughs> the yard. And he just kept doing this throughout <laughs> the night to yeah. the point to where other people noticed it. But people like our sober friend or Vince were trying to tell me, no, Adam, You've been doing it. You've, you've been, been, you've doing been throwing it. Yeah, it. I remember, yeah, it was the joke of the night. And I kept fucking yelling at everybody that, no, I wouldn't do that to alcohol. Don't <laughs> fucking insult me like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, but everybody was just like, Adam, you're throwing your drinks. And I'm just like, fuck all of you. <laughs> and then this fucker comes walking in with this dislocated shoulder. And we find out that as he went to go throw one of my drinks over his shoulder, he fell back in the fucking chair and dislocated his shoulder. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Which I believe ensued with the sober friend having to take him to the hospital oh. because everybody was too drunk to properly coordinate relocating yes. a dislocated shoulder. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I remember he came back so pumped up on like drugs on like Oh yeah. What, what are they called? The ant uh Painkillers. Um, painkillers. Pain oh, yeah. He just passed out oh, immediately. Yeah. Definitely probably should not have taken the painkillers given his state. Right. But Oh, yeah. But, hey. Hopefully he's still kicking around oh, somewhere. Hopefully he's still, kick, <laughs> hopefully he's still kicking, man. But, yeah, dude. I thought that was that was one of the funniest. Night. I didn't realize that was the same night we oh, met. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was a long-ass night then. No, it was a long-ass night. Because my mind totally broke that up into two separate nights. No, it was not a. <laughs> it was not two parts. It was all the the same night. Oh my gosh! And then and then I think from there, uh, just you know, through getting older and you know, you get later years in high school and you're starting to party more and stuff. I think we just started hanging out yeah. more. You know, stayed in contact, mm-hmm. kept hanging out and everything. So yeah, it was it was a uh, meet. Have a really good time playing Dragon Ball Z. Two and year then lull. two year lull of not talking to each other. And then just a renaissance of hanging yeah. out again. And here we are today. Yeah, and it you hasn't know? stopped since. No. Yeah, it's and it's it's been a great ride. It has. I mean, sure, we don't hang out like we used to in the early years. Well, I mean, but that's that's understandable. That's understandable. You, yeah, to, I mean, you have a you have a family I, now. Yeah, I've settled down. You, you know, know, I got married. I had a kid. Yeah. So you know, that's that's my life yeah, now. Yeah. Now you're a homeowner. And now I'm a homeowner. I'm sitting in your new house. I know. It's great, dude. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's funny thinking back to just all the different things you did through life and how you transformed through high school and even oh, after yeah. high school. Oh, absolutely. You 
Because I feel like after high school, you're always kind of stuck in that high school stage. Oh, you yeah. Know? And I feel like what one of the biggest fallacies that's ever been fed to me about your about growing up is I feel like... That high school is the greatest time in your life? Well, no, it's not that high school is the greatest time in your life. Quite the contrary, actually. It's I feel like with movies and stuff and even the way that our maybe our parents or older like siblings used to fantasize things about like your 20s, right? Just oh, yes. Your, your 20s being your party years, your 20s doing this, ha- having so much fun in your 20s. And then all of a sudden, at least for me, and this has been the case I know for a lot of people I've spoken to, also you get to this point in your 20s where... All of a sudden, you're going through depressions, and you don't oh, yeah. you don't quite know who you are anymore, and you're trying to figure it out, and it feels like you can't figure it out. And all of a sudden, all these people who are telling you your 20s were great, there's this general consensus of like, no, your 20s suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know who was lying to you this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Because let, let's look at those parents, too, because I'm pretty sure most of them were in their mid-20s when they started having kids. That's true. So well, they're I mean, like, you were also. Yeah, yeah. Know? It's like, you know, I'm towards my late 20s now. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, you know, I have my one-year-old, so, you know. Right. <laughs> well, and that's just it, you know. But but even you, you know, I think you went through periods, you know, oh, yeah. a period in your 20 of, you know, depression. And oh, trying for to sure. Figure it out oh, yeah, just also. trying to figure out what am I doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And just trying to figure out, you know is you know am i better off on my own got my own apartment to myself did that for a little bit oh no you actually end up being lonely okay now let's get back out there and start hanging out and you know going out with friends and everything is that what happened when you because i remember when you had uh your own apartment because that that's one of the things like and and don't get me wrong i i do love my setup now and living with justin and matt like i do but you know, it's always been kind of in the back of my mind that at some point I would like to have my own apartment with my own space and live there by myself. Yep. But I mean, is that is that something that you would recommend doing? Um, I think so. I think it's really good to kind of just get a feel of this is my place. This is how I want it. I make the rules. I set the times. Gotcha. I do everything. Because it's just like I, I can admit that, you know, getting into the whole marriage and having a family and everything, it is something that still kind of stirs around of like man wasn't it nice when at two o'clock in the morning you could just have all the lights on in the house and you could just play music without your headphones on true that's that's true i guess i never thought about stuff like that you know play video games you don't have to worry about other people because you're the only one you're worrying Mm -hmm. about so it's like it's nice it's it's a real introspective time and i think i was on my own in my own apartment for about two and a half three years before i started dating was my wife that, was it that long yes okay so it was like a good two years i was enjoying before i was like yeah it's probably time to start getting out there and looking for something stable and okay so for <laughs> so for the first couple of years living oh it was own, fantastic you, loved it. you know okay. it was amazing <laughs> but at one point though you did start to feel like lonely yeah you know? it's like okay no now it's probably time to start uh looking for something to settle me down and everything because right. it's just like yeah, no, this is fun, and I do love the party life. I, you know, had you guys over like all the time, That's always true. trying like to every throw weekend. Party. There was a party at Kyle's. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and I loved that. So it's just like, yeah, but then it's just like, okay, yeah, but the other six days a week, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm working, you know, that keeps my mind, you know, off of things, and then oh, coming home, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, I'll have games I can play and stuff I can watch and everything. But then you start going to bed and it's just you and your own thoughts and nobody else is around. It's just like, oh no, it's like, 
You're, that's why I'm like, yeah, you're probably pretty good for a year, maybe two and everything. Right. And then it starts going, man, it'd be nice if somebody else was in this bed with me. <laughs> I, I definitely feel, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've kind of... Because I, I definitely understand that. Like, even as somebody who lives with a couple roommates, yeah. you know, I've I've definitely have found myself at certain nights getting very, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not somebody who goes out terribly a lot either, but mm-hmm. I, I have had those nights where I'm just, you know, like, God, it's Saturday night and we're all just fucking like sitting here in front of the TV, right. you know? It's but, so weird how you can feel alone surrounded by people. Yeah, it it is. You know, mm-hmm. I guess it's not something I never really thought about. But even when I, because I definitely went through kind of a, a a big old lull, kind of I, I would argue depression. I'm sure people have been through worse. Oh, but yeah, you know, yeah. At least for me personally, it was. Oh yeah. Cons- and it's like I think that's a big thing to notice too. It's like because I've always done that. I've always made that comparison of like, can I really be depressed? I mean, mm-hmm. come on, is my life really that bad? Right. <laughs> so, and it's like, you have to realize that it's like, it's different for everybody. Yeah. And you can't really put yourself in a comparison with other people. It's just like, oh man, people are starving across the world. And I'm upset because I have my own place and I am, you know, in a decent job or something. Right. And I'm just a little bit lonely. It's like, you start feeling like... First should, world problem. Should yeah. I really be feeling that bad? Yeah. Well, and, and if anything, having those, because I think having those kind of thoughts when you're in that mindset is inevitable, right? Oh, absolutely. And if anything, like those thoughts almost actually make you feel worse about yourself. Because oh, yeah. you're like, here mm. I am, like sulking on the couch, you know, mm-hmm. with a fucking giant pizza in front of me. <laughs> when there are people who are living in a cardboard box, you mm-hmm. know, or like even me personally, you know, when I was in Los Angeles, there was at one point I was living in my car. Car. Yeah. So it's like here I was feeling even more depressed than I did at that point. Oh yeah. And here I am in an apartment with a roommate who loves and supports me, and with parents and friends who love and support me. Mm-hmm. And yet I still can't get my fucking act together. All mm-hmm. it did was push me further into oh, a fucking yeah, hole. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really crazy when things have kind of gotten somewhat stable. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all of those problems that you weren't worrying about because you were trying to get everything together, right? They just skyrocket. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Every yeah, you're right. Every single time, you know, and and I think what ended up getting me out of that particular funk was just and uh, I'm gonna this is gonna be like a very long winded answer here, <laughs> but as my answers usually are, if you guys haven't figured that out yet, but, I think they have. <laughs> I've noticed it. I love you for it. Adam. <laughs> Good. I I hope everybody else loves me for it too. But like one thing that helped me get out of that funk was, and would actually put a lot of perspective to me now, is understanding that everybody can give you all of the advice in the world and you just have to fucking figure it out for yourself. Oh no. And it's, it's really funny because it's like you want to lean on other people. You want other people to be there for you and help you. I mean, that was always a big thing with me. It's like how many TV shows and sitcoms have I seen where, oh, everybody drops everything and helps out the main character get through their funk. Right. I'm like, where are my friends that are doing that? And it's like, you got to realize that it's like, that's totally TV, you know, making everything look really pretty, you yeah, know? Yeah, well, and it's, it's not that there weren't people there who 
didn't care about my well-being or anything. Hmm. But I, I found myself, and I only recognize this retroactively, mm-hmm. but I think back to it now, and there were so many people, like parents and friends, and like I said, Justin, who was extremely supportive of me at the time right, and tolerated yeah. a lot. And, <laughs> you know, because of these funks, and would just, you know, give advice of like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And I found myself in this position that I hate that other people do, where all of a sudden you're giving advice to a bunch of people and there's an excuse for fucking oh, no. everything. And you do. And it's like, that is totally the depression and anxiety kicking in hard. It's yeah. just like, no, it's just, oh, it's no, almost I like have you an get excuse it. for that. I have an excuse. No, I can't do that because how is that ever going to lead to anything? It's almost like you get addicted to being depressed. Oh, no, it does. But you don't even know that you're being addicted to being depressed. And it's just like, that's why it's like going through my own slumps myself. It's really that whole idea of like, I'm the type of person that if I start getting like that, it's like I start feeling like the walls are closing in. I'm like, I need to get outside. I need to do something. Yeah. I need to do something just so I'm not thinking about that. So I'm not letting it get to me. If I'm in a dark room or if I'm just sitting on the couch with the TV in front of me and I'm just feeling depressed where I'm like, no, this is I'm feeding it. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it everything it wants. It wants me to stay here. It wants me to lay on the couch and do absolutely nothing. It wants me to dim the lights. Right. No. Forget that. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go, you know, be in the sun, be in light, you know, just go do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's really funny because it's like stuff I've done to help myself out. It's just positive thinking. Like if you can just look at a situation and I know that depression and anxiety is kicking in and saying, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. If you can just take one thing and say, oh, but this is right. Mm-hmm. You've got ground. Yes. You've got ground that you can stand on and you can fight back now. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The The way that it happened with me and going back to people giving you advice and me coming up with excuses for it was I, I, I can't even pinpoint the day that it happened, mm-hmm. but there was just a point to where I was finally just sick of being in the position that I was right now. Absolutely. You know, so it, so I was basically just like, fuck it. I'm like, I'm done being like this. I'm going to do whatever it is I need to do to not be like this. And oh, it, it was, it was actually something my brother said that I think, uh, Oh, well, actually I'll, I'll say I do. I actually can pinpoint the day oh, when, okay. when I think okay. about it, I actually can pinpoint the day. So there was a time that when we, when Justin was waiting to close on his house and we lived in, in an apartment, we, yeah. there was this low, like three month low period where, Justin went to go stay with somebody and I went to go move in back with my parents for a few months until we got this house in uh, where we live now. Right. <clears throat> and there was a, I remember at one point in my parents' house, one of the days I was just having such a bad day you know it was the depression was getting you know great i was just stuck with my thoughts and wasn't able to figure anything out and what i ended up doing was i i literally asked for help i i literally asked for help i i wrote this long essay of a text message and i copied and pasted and sent it to both my brother and my cousin who lives in la who i consider a sister right yeah so essentially my brother and sister right yeah and the text message was just like you got like i was literally asking for help i was like a literal cry yeah, for help i i literally text them and i was like guys i am i f- i feel so 
depressed. I, I feel so lost. I will, you know, and I just gave this whole spew about how I want to do this, but here's what's going through my mind about it. Yeah. Here is every obstacle my brain has set in front of me, stopping me from doing it. And I, and I literally just said, I just need help. I, I need, I need some guidance. I trust and love both of you. I have great respect for both of you. I, I just need some kind of guidance. Yeah. You know, and I actually got very similar responses from both my sister and my brother about it. And one thing within my brother's response that really kind of sparked, you know, something in my head was one thing that I noticed big time about me through this depression and lull was a lack of confidence. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I'm somebody, I mean, you knew me through high school. I'm, I'm, you know, I've always been very extroverted, a social butterfly, very confident yes, to myself. You oozed confidence. Yes. Yeah. I, I literally <laughs> did. If, if you guys couldn't have known me back then, I, I really did. And so, and I, that was something that I always considered a part of me that I felt I, you know, I lost. Uh-huh. And so, my brother, I literally told me one day through this text message, he goes, and when it comes to like confidence and stuff like that, it's one of those things you just have to fake it until you make it. Oh, yeah. If you're not happy, we'll just pretend that you are and eventually you just will be. Yeah, and it does work. And that, that kind of goes on the same point I was going off of, of. Just push like any kind of one good thing you can take. Yeah. For every five bad things you think, think of one good thing and you'll start to realize if you can hang on to those things, mm-hmm. you, those the voices of the bad things will start to quiet down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I believe Matthew talked about it on one of the podcasts too, where... And you might be able to, you know, let me know if this is true or not. <laughs> but uh, where he was talking about his band of positivity. Do you oh, remember that? Yeah, I do remember band. that. Yes, I do. So, and, and, and Matthew was somebody who used to suffer a lot from anxiety and was taking uh, medicine for it and such. And he said it himself. He started this band of positivity where every single time he had a negative thought, he snapped it. And then he just said something out loud that was positive about oh, that yeah. situation. And it made him feel a hundred times better. And what's more is Justin at one point was having a really bad day. And I'm sorry if I told this story already. No, but, yeah. No, you did. It's but, okay. It's, it's a good story. It's a good but story. But there was one, I mean, it follows all the lines of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And there was one time when Justin, I came home and Justin was having a bad day and he had one of my hair bands on his wrist and he literally told Going me. Going to town with it. Yeah. The first thing he told me when I walked in, he goes, Adam, it works. Yeah. You know, when, <laughs> when you are sitting there and forcing yourself to think positively about things, it dramatically improves your mood. Oh, it does. Because you know? that's what you have to realize. The only reason you're in a slump is because of the negative thoughts. Yeah. The negative thoughts put you there. Well, guess what's going to help you get out? Yeah. Positive thoughts, you know? Exactly. So it's, I don't know how we got the subject of depression. And I know, stuff, it got but real dark. It got real dark. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I do think stuff like that's very important to talk about. Oh, I think know? it is. I think it's because it, it's really funny how people will just minimize it and try to, you know, just go mm-hmm. over it. And of course, like when you're feeling that way, you just think everybody's going to just crap on you for feeling that way well one of the the reason why this conversation stemmed from the fallacies about your 20s also Mm -hmm. is because that was one of the things that 
would would kind of throw me deeper into this hole was kind of this fallacy that I had been fed growing up through not only like older people, but also just through media and television. You get desensitized by things. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you know, and I see, you know, and obviously with social media and stuff, you only get to see the highlights of people's oh, only lives. only the highlights. Yeah. So... I'm sitting here with this thought process of like everybody's out partying and having fun in their 20s and I'm carless stuck in an apartment where I work from home and I have nothing to do six days out of the week. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like, so one of those, one of the things that kept digging me deeper was like, oh my God. I should like, be happy right yeah. now. What is wrong with me? Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess it's, I do think it's important to talk about this stuff because if anybody out there is listening who are in their mid twenties and maybe going through those same kind of oh, stuff, yeah. I mean, we're here to tell you like the grass is greener on the other side, but you got to get through the fucking thorns first. Oh man. yeah. No, no, it is. It's you like do. you will eventually come back and it's like. <laughs> I know it's a cliche that's been beaten to death, mm -hmm. but time does heal everything. It truly does. I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter how bad you feel if somebody's just broken up with you yeah. or your life just isn't going the way you want. Seriously, if you can just push yourself to the next day, to the next hour, to the next minute, mm -hmm. it will get better. Well, and those, those are, I was actually very proud of myself too, because, and proud of anybody who goes about it this way is... I, I was finally to that point where I was like, this is what depressed, like people go to the doctors feeling like this oh, and yeah. say, make me feel better. Give me antidepressants. But, yeah, yeah. But I refused to do any of that because mm -hmm. I knew that I could get myself out of it. What was pissing me off was that it was taking me so long to get out of it. Right. But I mean, now that I'm out of it and I think back to it, I'm like, that was, that was needed. Oh, I had, yeah. I had to go through that. Yeah. It was something you felt that you had to conquer yourself. Cause it, it's just like, if you started relying on it it's like, and everybody's different, not saying that antidepressants is a bad choice. Mm -hmm. Cause I know therapy gets the same kind of, you know, bad rep. Yeah. Bad rep. <clears throat> Cause it's just like, but no, no, it, it really shouldn't be. Because it's like, you do what you need. If you're at a spot where you feel that you've tried everything mm -hmm. and pills are the way to kind of just get you back in control. Right. I say go for it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Do what works for you. I agree. But I do also think that there are like things like depression and anxiety, especially. I feel like we live the, in this day and age where doctors and pharmaceutical companies basically want everybody to have depression or anxiety <laughs> yeah. right because yeah. they want everybody to take these antidepressant pills and it's almost become a running joke amongst our generation that everybody has you know depression that everybody's hopped up on them too yeah. and everything but the the problem is is when you start taking antidepressants first of all i do think so when I say that I'm going through a depression or even I think when I think you mean the same thing when you say it, oh, yeah. I don't necessarily mean that I am suffering from the clinical chronic, chronic depression. depression. You mm -hmm. know, I don't think there's an, an imbalance in my brain that just means I'm going to mm -hmm. be depressed forever no matter what. No, no. I do think there are people who actually have oh, that. Absolutely there and are. The, and the antidepressants do help. Oh, yeah. There are people who I think actually do suffer from like chronic anxiety and the, the antidepressants do help. But... I think 95% of us out there are just really, really sad. And you, then you take these antidepressants. And the problem with that is when you get, I believe that when you get really, really sad, when you have high anxiety or when you get really depressed or down about yourself, that is literally your body and mind trying to tell you, 
there's something wrong here. We need to make some changes. Yeah. And you have to be able to listen to your body. Yeah. And like blocking it out with that stuff isn't the best. And I also feel like there are people that think that going to the pills and everything is like, oh, well, now it's my crutch. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, well, I couldn't do it myself. And then what happens? They get addicted to it. They get addicted to it and then they rely on it and they're not getting out of the depression because they're still self-loathing. Yeah. They're still self-deprecating. Well, and it's and it's all pushed by pharmaceutical companies to make money. One of the most comical fucking commercials I saw once, it, it appeared on Hulu, okay. was, it was, I think I even Instagrammed about it at the time, <laughs> but it was this commercial that was literally like, is your antidepressant just making you depressed? Oh, well, take this pill with your antidepressant to make your antidepressant oh, work an, again. It's an antidepressant booster. Yes, that's exactly what they were advertising in so many words. I remember watching it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally a commercial saying, hey, if your body has gotten used to your antidepressant, <laughs> we have this p- other pill you could take with it. Yeah. They'll be better. Just ask your doctor. Oh, oh, is heroin not working well enough for you? Because <laughs> we have something that'll boost that heroin. <laughs> it's so fucking true. Here, have some meth. We hear it goes really well with the heroin. <laughs> you just you gotta know? mix it. <laughs> you just gotta mix it up. Here's a spoon and a lighter for you, too. <laughs> it comes with a free bag of syringes. <laughs> but I think like, it also comes with a free body bag. A free body bag, you know. Yeah. Keep it in your closet in case you need it. Mm-hmm. But no, dude, but like when it comes to stuff like that, I if there's anything I can leave it with people about that particular subject, it's just if you're going through it, especially in your 20s, don't like just keep in mind time will heal all. Oh, and yes. and try to look at it as a rite of passage because you do will feel a lot better after you come out of it. Mm-hmm. But I'd argue that you're not going to have that experience if you decide to turn to antidepressants. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, it is to each your own kind of thing, but it's like, I I agree. It's like, it is kind of a rite of passage to get through your 20s, you know, surviving. Surviving, yeah. (laughs) But... Well, you you think you become so deep... You become so used to school. I mean, you, you don't. We don't realize that from the time that you're five to eighteen, you're you're in school and you, and you're forced to figure socialize out, and everything. Socialize with people. You're going to a lot of the times people are going to school with the same people for their entire you know school career. A lot of the times they'll even go beyond eighteen and do you know four years of college. Oh, absolutely. So you have people who are so used to the school mentality have worked out how to get how to make their way in that hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're out of school and it's a totally different ball game. It's totally different. Different hierarchy now. Uh Yeah. And it it does become that way because it's like, you're so used to all of your friends and everything showing up in a place. But it's like what you fail to realize when you get out of school and you get out of college is they were there for a reason. They were being forced to do that. It's like school. You're either you're like regular elementary through high school you're forced there by your parents traditionally. Yeah. And then in college, you forced yourself to go there so you can get a higher education so you can do something with your life. Right. So it's just like, yeah. And it's like once you get out of that and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, why don't I ever see my friends anymore? Why don't we ever hang out? Why aren't we ever partying mm-hmm. anymore? And it's just like, yeah, because if your friends had a choice with school, they probably wouldn't have gone there willingly all the time. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So it does feed into the eventual vicious cycle that mm-hmm. is like, oh, 
things aren't as great anymore because I'm alone. Well, when I was in school, I didn't feel this way. Well, yeah, because school was the majority of your week. Yeah, you were forced <laughs> to socialize with people for six, at least six hours of the day. And then you get out of school and you have a job and maybe it's part-time. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not there all the time. And then you find yourself, wow, I'm at home a lot more than I used to ever be at home. Yeah. Wow, there's not a lot of people in my home. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm not socializing that much. I'm right. feeling like crap. Right. <laughs> well, and I think that's... I think that is a big cause of the rut. And I think there are, because you do have people out there who believe that their high school years were their golden years. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there were times that I have felt that way. Oh, yeah. But when I think back to it now, what I realize is just as you said, you know, you were forced to socialize because you were forced to socialize with people that you both liked and didn't like. Oh, yeah. You were also forced to meet conflict head on. Oh, yeah. Whether that conflict was with another student or with a teacher, regardless of what it was, you know. So you're, you know, you're so in real life. For, I mean, for example, in real life, if you don't like somebody, it's a lot easier to avoid that yeah, person. You just walk right? the other way. Whereas in school... You have to you have to meet that conflict head on if you have oh, yeah. lunch with that person or a class that, with that person. Yeah, not only that either. Look at your job. Yeah, you can drop your job at any time you want. You, you can't, can you can't can drop school necessarily. No, you can't because usually your parents are making you go. Yeah, and if not, then all that money you're spending on that piece of paper you're going to get mm-hmm. from college. That's a pretty convincing factor to make sure you're there every day. Exactly. <laughs> well, and not just that, but not not just it forces you to socialize and face conflict, but just as you said, you know, the majority of us didn't have a choice. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can argue that, well, when you're 16, you can technically drop out. But most of our parents would allow us to just fucking do that. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't think uh, they would find my body <laughs> if my mom found out I just stopped going to school. Exactly. <laughs> so... And that's something that I've realized in my, you know, coming of age years now too, in my 20s, is that the majority of people want decisions made for them. Oh, no, because that's how we grew up. That was our childhood. Mm -hmm. Decisions were made for us. And so it's such a shock to the system that once you get out of school and everything and you have to live your own life on your own accord with nobody telling you what to do, Mm -hmm. it's a complete shock to the system. Yeah. And it's just like, that's what they tell you. It's like, yeah, we have the first 18 years of our lives to prepare for the rest of our lives. But you realize those first 18 years, kind of easy going. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of just the path is paved for you. And then mm-hmm. you, you hit 18. It's like, now you got to path and now you got to pave your own path. You're right. Like, Nobody taught me how to pave my own path. Yeah. There was not a path paving class in school. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It it really is true. I mean, so and I think that's what happens in your 20s is and the reason why a lot of us go through these lulls and I would argue that even people who go out every night and party every night also go through those. Oh, absolutely. Is just because is just that. It's like you're you're trying to adjust to this new world now that you're a part of. You're you now if you're socializing, it's a different kind of socializing. If you're facing conflict, it's a very different kind of conflict. Absolutely. And whereas in school, you know, a lot of the times that conflict could easily be solved by either A walking away or B getting into a fight. Mm-hmm. When you deal with conflict in the real world now, it's like, okay, well, who's the conflict with? Because that's going to be dependent on how I deal mm-hmm. with the conflict. Uh-huh. Do I need to talk to them? Should I avoid them? Is it my best interest to fight them? It's like, you know, And it's a very different, too, when you can go to jail now for doing oh, things yeah. also. Yeah, getting reprimanded and you know suspended for a little mm-hmm. bit, eh, wasn't a big deal. But now when you're talking actual jail time and throwing your life away... 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. But but it, it, it has made me respect my 20s big time in understanding mm. that this is what what the age is. And I've had a lot of people too, who a lot of, you know, family, my sister included, who are in their thirties now. And a lot of them have one have told me that usually it's your later twenties when you start to kind of get a grasp on everything going on. That seems to be a general consensus amongst Mm -hmm. people is like late twenties. That's usually when you start to kind of get a grasp on what's going on. Oh yeah. 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 You're like this little fledgling that's just trying to learn how to fly and then finally you hit 28 29 30 you're like oh i get it now well (laughs) everybody i have spoken to and this is justin included who is in their 30s has all told me that 30s it's like a switch Right? Have you heard that before? That mm-hmm. when you turn 30, it's like a switch and also you just don't give a fuck anymore. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's always been described as such. You yeah. know, everybody's like, fuck yeah. My, you know. So it sounds like 30s are where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just got to make it. You just got to get through your 20s first. Mm-hmm. You know, and we will. But... But wow, we got a little deep there with the depression and stuff like that. It kind of uh, encapsulated the entire uh, podcast there. A little bit, yeah. But uh, we still got some time, though. What's what's something that, let's see, something to run. Ooh, so Matt and I had this conversation, the very first podcast. Okay. And I think yours and I conversation with this will be a little different because you and I are into a very specific genre of this particular subject. And that was, what was your favorite cartoon growing up, Kyle? Favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, I mean, it's hard not to take the obvious example and just go straight for Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) It's, It's really hard not to go that way. But it's like, yeah, there were so many cartoons growing up, but it's just like... And it's real funny because it's just like I know a lot of friends and everything. They're like, oh, I've been watching Dragon Ball Z ever since I was like five. I'm like, no, dude, I didn't hit Dragon Ball Z until I was fifth grade. Yeah, I was probably the same. Well, and I don't think it was honestly really on a lot. I, re- I remember the first Not kind really, of yeah. the first kind of shows I remember watching that like anime esque shows. Yeah, at least were like. Um, I believe Speed Racer was probably the first one I ever watched. I would probably have to agree. You know? It's like it's always hard to think what was my very first anime because I'm like I know Speed Racer was there. I was mm-hmm. totally binging some Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, there was also Voltron and Sailor Moon. Yeah, I was going to say I actually think. Uh, well, really quick, if you guys can't guess the genre I was talking about, Kyle and I are big anime fans. Oh, what? You know what? Since when? <laughs> so when it comes to like those older kind of animes that we grew up with i actually think dragon ball z was actually one of the later ones yeah it was actually probably the later one because it's like i remember spending so much time with speed racer and voltron voltron was my i never watched voltron it was definitely my jam back in the day it was it was like yeah that that was my thing but it's like yeah i specifically remember a lot of speed racer because i remember uh Back when Blockbuster was a thing. <laughs> I worked for Blockbuster. Yes, you did. Before it went out. <laughs> it was an old-fashioned sentence. Yes, indeed. So uh, I remember having a Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and I went out and rented the Super Nintendo Speed Racer game. Okay. And I just played the crap out of it, and I was just like, now, was I doing that before I ever watched Voltron? So I'm like, I'm trying to remember what was that first <laughs> so anime. I... You're going to have to tell me, because like, I've heard of Voltron, but I don't know exactly what it is. Is it like a Gunman anime? Uh, it's it's not really Gundam. It's more like, a, I don't know if you've seen like 
I'm not sure if it's like Beast Wars, but like Zoids or something. It's basically, it kind of does a little bit of the Power Ranger thing because it's like each, okay. and you have five. Uh, it is I an guess, anime though. Yeah, it is, it is definitely an anime from okay. Japan. And uh, it's like, I guess they're like paladins or something. There's five of them. They each pilot a different uh, like lion. Okay, interesting. And then when they need to fight a big monster, they come together and form Voltron. Oh, so it is kind of an, like a gunman anime. It's yeah, exactly it, a gunman anime. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, yeah, exactly. So you go that way and then it's just like, oh, now it's giant mechs fight. Or it's like kaiju fights. You know, it's like giant robot versus giant alien monster. I see. Okay, one of those types of things. But yeah. old-fashioned one Old-fashioned, sure. oh yeah. Because the one that the only... Because I'd never really been into like gunman animes. But the one that I did get into, and you mentioned it a little bit was Zoids. Yes. And it's funny because I actually totally... So I went through a... It was a very small but very heavy period in my life, my young life where I was... My brother and I both were really, really into Zoids. Yeah. And remember they sold the little models? Oh, yeah. And you could put them together. Oh, yeah. And, totally oh, did that I too. I fucking loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was so great. And I loved how all of their gunmen things were like different kind of animals and they each had different like special weapons attached mm -hmm. to them. Oh, and yeah. I'm, and creating the giant sword and everything. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you saw my Facebook post... But they're bringing Zoids back. I did see they that. They have a whole new anime they're coming out with it with a whole That's new exciting. toy land. And if you don't think my 27-year-old ass <laughs> isn't going to be going to the fucking toy section at Walmart and picking up some where's of those Where's my fucking, Zoids? Yeah, where's my fucking Zoids? Because I love that anime and I'm very excited to have it come back. But again, I think Zoids was even before I was watching Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, definitely. I think Dragon definitely. Ball Z was Dragon actually Ball Z later. Was late. And it, it's really funny because it's like looking at it now, Dragon Ball Z is up there as like one of my top animes of all time. But I remember like fourth, fifth grade, right before I started watching it, this is the dumbest show ever. Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, I, I was like, it, my immediate like thought of it was like, who sits there and says their attack while they're charging it? <laughs> Totally giving away what they're about to do. Every anime in the world. Every anime in the world. I did not know it was a trope. but And then it's just like, it went from there. And then I was like, but I had a friend in fifth grade that was just like, oh no, no, you got to keep watching it. You got to check it out. I'm like, fine, I'll check it out. Uh -huh. So two, three episodes back to back. Because of course it was only one episode a day back in the Toonami era. Right. Oh, Toonami. Toonami. Oh, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it's like, okay, so three, four days I had watched Dragon Ball Z every day. And then I went back to my friend and I was like, okay, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> and then I was gone from there. Right. I was gone from there. In love immediately, <laughs> and just like it's just so funny how I went from like, oh, this is the dumbest thing ever. It just goes on forever and ever, and they're just yelling and screaming for a half an hour, right. and I'm like, no, okay, I get why people like this. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what was the what was the first anime that you watched where you realized that? It wasn't just these particular shows you liked. It was anime in general you liked. Oh, because I, because when I was watching things like Dragon Ball Z and Zoids and Speed Racer, it was cartoons. Yeah, it was cartoons. It wasn't anime. No, it wasn't right? anime. So it was definitely probably my favorite anime of all time. So it was Dragon Ball Z that was there first, and then Adult Swim started getting big. Uh huh. And so 
<laughs> Adult Swim uh, started debuting and came out with this show, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, My favorite anime of all time to this day. And it just like, I started watching and I was like, oh, this is like Dragon Ball Z. It's the same kind of animation, you know, yeah. it has that similar animation style. It has a similar tropes. Uh-huh. I was just like, I like anime. I like Japan. So it's funny, you, because I loved Yu Yu Hakusho also. I think that was one of the things you and I bonded over oh, when yeah. we first met, actually. I think so. And so, but when I first started watching Yu Yu Hakusho, it was still, it wasn't just a cartoon. The mm-hmm. way that I looked at it, it wasn't a cartoon. It was actually an adult cartoon. Oh, it was absolutely because adult it, because it was on Adult Swim and they yeah. were cursing. Exactly. They were saying hell and damn it and ass and bitch. <laughs> and I remember I was young enough to where my parents obviously did not allow me to watch anything called Adult Swim, right? Uh-huh. And so I always had to like sneak in episodes. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you do you have it on recall of the remote, right? So when your parents are gone, you press Ooh. recall, watch, and yeah. go back and forth. And I rem- but the first anime that I watched was because I actually went through a, a lull for years where I wasn't watching any anime, not even okay. Dragon Ball Z, really. Right. You know? I liked Dragon Ball Z, but it wasn't like I was watching it continuously at the time. And it wasn't until I can't remember if it was you or uh, one of my other close friends who suggested to watch an anime called Elf and Lied. Oh, and, and I, don't, th- I know I, I've watched it and I, I've had conversations with friends. I don't know. It might have been me. It, yeah, it might have. It might have been you. It might have been my other friend. I know it was one of you two. Yeah. But I remember a friend of mine suggested that I watch it. Uh, I can't remember at the time I had some qualm with like wanting to actually sit down and watch it. I can't remember what the thing was that I had, but I right. had something with it where I was like, "This is stupid" or "This is dumb" or whatever it was. Yeah. And. So I remember though I finally sat down and watched it and this was in the very, very early stages. I think Netflix had been around for maybe a couple years at this point mm-hmm. and I had just jumped on that Netflix train. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Netflix ha- plays a lot of animes. Oh, yeah. And so Elf and Lied was on there and I remember watching it and this was like my first kind of introduction to you can have animes with a, with real adult like situations oh, yeah. and you know because those who aren't familiar with the anime it's about a, a girl who has you know in, uh invisible arms coming from her back and she just fucking slaughters oh yeah no it was it. gore it was nudity it was like it was a very adult yeah, anime exactly but an amazing story an amazing amazing story. characters and i remember and i remember it was 13 episodes and I watched it and I was like, wow, I did not know this is what anime was. This, this is what point. it's capable yeah. of. Yeah. And then I think I watched another one after that that was called, this one you did recommend to me was This Ugly Yet Beautiful World. Oh. It was another like 13 episode one, but it was oh, yeah. a really good one. And you start realizing like a lot, a lot of just regular animes, not the shonen ones, which are all the fighting ones that are usually in Shonen Jump, the right. magazine. Because you you know your Dragon Ball Z, your Yu Yu Hakusho, your Moroni yeah. Kenshin, and everything. So yeah, you start realizing these ones that aren't the big names that everybody knows about. Yeah, they're usually 13, 24 episodes back. And they're super fucking and good. And they tell a regular story, and it's fantastic. And it's like yeah, because I was actually thinking about animes too the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, one that came up that I know we both really love. Uh huh. Angel Beats. Oh my. <sighs> 
I okay. So you want to know? Talk about a tearjerker. Okay, so you want to know <laughs> like why? Just to explain to people out there who might be listening to this and just thinking that anime is stupid or it's just a cartoon or what whatever your opinions are about it. Uh-huh. Like there are a few reasons why I really love anime the way that I justify it. For one, you will never see original content in Hollywood or even just on Cartoon Network like you will in an anime. Oh, yeah. Can we not also talk about how a lot of Hollywood, a lot of directors... Steals from anime. Not just steals, but uses it as a starting point. Uses it as their inspiration. For those who don't know, The Matrix, an iconic movie with Keanu Reeves, was actually based off of an anime called Ghost Ghost in the the Shell. Yes, it was. And they actually... There's actually... Actually, shots that mm. are almost like shot for shot from the anime to the to the Matrix. Yeah, and it's like if you don't think there's crossover between America into anime, I don't. You need to start watching some Studio Ghibli films. Yes, because so many American voice actors are just big name, big American actors. Christian Bale, Dakota Fanning, oh, and Hathaway doing all kinds of voices. Yeah. Doing all kinds of voices for that. Not only that, uh, can we talk about another big anime, uh, Afro Samurai? Where, oh yeah, that was that where was Samuel a big one. L. Jackson is the voice of the main character. Yeah, and uh, no, you're absolutely right. And so going back to its, the original content, and like when you were talking about Angel Beats, is like and look, we've we've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm a little bit of a crybaby. It's very it's very easy for Adam right, right. to be moved by things. <laughs> Move to tears by something. Yes, it, you know, it is. I, I will give you the benefit of the doubt because I'm not usually somebody that's a big crier. Cried my eyes out at the yeah. end of that series. And we, there's this, there was this 13 episode anime called Angel Beats about just, just a general overview about kids who had died and just trying to figure out and, like, and they're like what stuck they're in limbo did. and they need yeah. to figure out where they're going to go for the rest of eternity and let me tell you guys I remember watching this it was like 2am I finished the last episode I was in my room by myself and there's I'm not going to spoil it but there's something that happens at the end that I watched and it just brought me to tears but they were tears of joy tear well kind of sort of it's a bittersweet it was was a bittersweet it was bittersweet but i remember (laughs) watching it and i was i was quiet my eyes were just fixated on the screen as this whole scene was playing out and i remember it ended and i just was crying because i was like like oh my gosh like I was I was so like embedded into the characters, oh, all of them. and then the reveal at the very end. I was just like, "Why can't fucking Hollywood create content like this? Yeah. Why like, can't they just make such an emotional, just gripping yeah. story of this?" Yeah, no, no kidding though. But uh, we could talk. We could have a whole episode oh, on anime, an entire episode on anime. But we have reached the time. Oh, and we have. And uh, usually, usually I won't mind if we go over, but because I want to make sure we get this up before midnight. Yeah, we're getting we're, pretty close. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to end it here. But uh, just just to give you guys a sneak peek, I I may have Kyle on tomorrow. It's just kind of depending on his schedule. But yep, we, are we will that... see. There is a potential, so but, we could go a little bit deeper into topics mm-hmm. we couldn't get to. Exactly, and when we and 
and tomorrow's kind of uh, we'll do it a little earlier, so we'll go over time if uh, you know it's allotted exactly. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening today, Kyle. Thank you for so much for being so oh, accommodating. My pleasure. And I am more than happy yeah. to come on your podcast. And I have had a great time talking with you, as I always do, man. Uh, I really have. So uh, again, just want to let you guys know you can follow us on all the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, especially. We do have a Twitter, but you know, we're not still really, figuring that still out. Still fucking figuring it out. <laughs> and uh, uh, we do have a GoFundMe that's going for one more day. Um, if my mother is listening to this, I did, right before we started, I saw your donation on there. So oh, I, I want to nice. thank my parents and say thank you very much, guys. Oh, they got you money. over fifty. Yeah, and then again, you know, uh, if my friend katie is listening to this you donated to thank you and kyle you don't you were our first donator i did donate i wanted to get the ball rolling <laughs> you guys are doing a great job here i want to see this go places thanks man i really appreciate the support and i appreciate all the support for all of those out there listening to this and liking and sharing and subscribing good job uh, guys <laughs> good job guys thank you so much and you all have a lovely rest of your day night or morning whenever you're listening to whenever this whenever you're listening to this. all right goodbye guys goodbye